I actually took the choice to close my business. Like, I could have continued. I could have found a way. And there's always a way. But I chose to close. And that was because of my mental health, my physical health. I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I'd run its course. I got everything I need. Like, all these reasons that are very personal to me. People are going to judge me for that. I don't want to work with you. I don't want to know you, actually. I don't want you to stay well away from me. If that is your attitude in life, just just very politely, just stay away from me. You go and do your thing over there in your world of judgment and criticism, and I'll be over here with people like yourself having great conversations, you know, supporting one another and lifting one each each other up rather than pointing fingers and going, me, 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 me. We'd created this business with no plan. It was a family business. Me and my mum and my dad had built it up out of nothing into this you know, production facility, employing lots of people, churning out tons of cake every week. We had our name on the door, and you went on the website, it was all our family, and you know, it was us. For 12 and a half, 13 years, it was us. I was the cupcake man in Brighton. I was the guy who owned the bakery. My mum was, you know, we our identities were intertwined with the business. We were in debt. And to me, it was a lot of debt because we'd invested money in the retail shop and invested in the business and it hadn't worked out the way we planned. We'd failed, to use the, the correct term. You know, failure is lack of success and, and success, the true definition is to achieve an aim or a purpose. So we'd not achieved our aim or purpose and we'd failed. Welcome to the County Business Talks podcast, powered by Picturebook Films. Here, we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across Sussex, delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick. Okay, welcome to another episode of the County Business Talks podcast. My guest on the podcast this week is a shining example of someone who has built successful businesses from nothing. He has a deep passion for marketing, aviation, food and dogs, but he's yet to find a career that allows him to do all four together. <laughs> I stole that one, mate. It's looking good. <laughs> he, has, he, has de- he has developed and ran multi, multi-million pound campaigns for big brands across multiple digital channels. He has founded and run 10 businesses. He started a bakery in his parents' kitchen, ran it for 13 years and scaled it to a nationally recognised food manufacturing operation. He upscaled the manufacturing capability to launch a product on board Virgin Atlantic flights in six weeks with four million units manufactured in an 18-month period. Completed an MBA in amidst amidst, uh, a global pandemic. He opened a physical bricks and mortar store and a live entertainment venue in an old jail. Launched an e-commerce website and associated systems from nothing in 24 hours, achieving £100,000 sales in just four weeks served over four million cupcakes on board virgin atlantic flights not personally i understand (laughs) (laughs) and it started and it started on numerous tv shows including cupcake wars in the u.s i've followed his journey for some time and have been completely blown away by his openness and honesty to share his story which over the last couple of years has clearly been a tough time today he joins me to share the full story and with it, hopes to help inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs and business owners to have a life they love, not end up hating. I'm truly delighted to welcome Jeremy Jacobs to the podcast. Oh, thank you, man. I was thinking, where did you get that? I know I wrote that, but I can't remember where that ended up. But yeah, that's very true. I can't even remember where you got that profile from. But yeah. 
mate, a little bit of research, a little bit of research. But, uh, <laughs> mate, listen, as always, we're just going to delve straight yeah, in. Sure. Um, just let, start telling listeners a little bit about yourself, about your business journey, where it all started. Yeah, so, well, you covered it off pretty well. <laughs> um, I I think the, 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 the kind of business, my business journey, I, I've always been learning. I was thinking about this when I was writing my profile hmm. for my own website. Like my my career started 26 years ago, but my entrepreneurial journey started 15. But I learned so much in those 11 years when mm. I started out. My first job was in was in Argus, as in the catalogue store yeah. on Western Road, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. It was my first job. And I remember my first day, I turned up five minutes late and got berated by this evil woman <laughs> who was running the store at the time. That was my first entry into into work and and I and I always worked in customer service roles and I learned how to understand the customer and deal with the customer so you could say it started back then but in terms of my entrepreneurial journey and how I started you know this this journey of running my own businesses and working for myself um, it happened in 2008-2009 credit crunch yeah. uh, last economic big economic crash whatever you yeah. want to call it and I took vol- voluntary redundancy for my career in digital marketing. Yeah. I always wanted to be a web designer. That was my goal when I was in my sort of late teens. Yeah. And I went off to uni and did a multimedia studies degree, which doesn't exist anymore, in London. And I just wanted to be a web designer. And I went and got a job thinking I was going to be a web designer. Turned out that I ended up working in a small agency. Um, they actually still exist. They're called yeah. something else. They're based in plus x where yeah. we are today cool. and um uh, and i ended up working in digital marketing got headhunted went up to london worked up there for a bit and then the recession hit and uh i took voluntary redundancy from my job yeah. and uh and i had and i met my now ex-partner um and he had a uh a job in hamburg for three months uh, as an actor and so I had a bit of money, a bit of time, and I went, okay. I went off to Hamburg and stayed there for three months in the summer and didn't have to worry about paying rent. It was great, actually. I had a Amazing. great time. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but that was where I took the decision to work for myself. I, I always knew, looking back now, I didn't yeah. know at the time, that I was always destined to work for myself. And the reason was because I was such a can I swear? Yeah. I don't want to be too rude, but yeah. I was a pain in the ass, to put it nicely. <laughs> um, you know, young kid in his tw- early 20s, arrogant, thinks he knows best. Yeah. But I always would challenge stuff. I'm I'm a very challenging person in yeah. the sense that, and my friends know me like this, and it does get me into trouble sometimes. <laughs> I will always go, but why? Or question, or s- say I don't agree, or whatever sometimes when it's not appropriate um, and I did that as a as an employee <laughs> my boss Jason who actually I've got a call with next week I said I apologized to him a few years ago <laughs> said I'm so sorry for how arrogant annoying I was he said you didn't need to but anyway yeah. but looking back I always want I always thought I knew best I always wanted to do it my way yeah. and for me that is what has set me up as an entrepreneur, or that's the kind of entrepreneurial spirit I could see in myself. Yeah. Um, I've as I, as I've aged, I've become more humble yeah. and less arrogant and more confident in my skills. Yeah. Um, and I don't always think I know best, but there's an element of me that wants to do it my way and yeah. put my stamp on it. So, so I left that 
that career I had this time and that was where I decided that I'm going to give it a go working for myself and I set up two businesses at the time one was a, a consultancy business in yeah. the digital marketing space which is what I did and I then set up uh, a website and a business for my mum as a little cupcake company. And the plan was was that she would make cupcakes and send them around or deliver them around Brighton. And that would be it. Wow. We wouldn't get any more involved than that. Wow. And I built this website um, using the skills that I'd learned um, as a web designer. That's what I wanted to do. I was hand coding HTML websites in 1996. Um, with my mate, like, yeah. you know, at college, loved doing it, loved building stuff. Built this website for my mum, it's called Indulgence Cupcake Company, and then used my skills in Google AdWords, as it was called back then, called now called Google Ads, um, to build a campaign and put her, market her new business online. And we got a call within 24 hours um, from someone asking if we could do their wedding, which <laughs> terrified us because we were like, yeah, we'd love to ruin your special day <laughs> with our cakes that we've never served professionally. And they never ended up doing it. But that was basically how how we got started. Um, wow. Never had any intention at the time of Making seeing where the business, where, where it went. But I guess that's what happens when you start a business with no business plan. Yeah, well, so uh, I'm intrigued. So just just going back, like looking at you're saying that in your head you thought about running your own business potentially later down the line, but w that was more coming from the fact that you was just potentially unemployable in that sense. Yeah. Is that a lo lot of people that come on the podcast talk to me about it, and they, they say ultimately we're just unemployable, <laughs> and that's I guess because because we're always asking questions and m maybe that we think we can do it better not, not always the case maybe but you do think that you know oh, i'm working with someone that that just doesn't work yeah like, i want to change that i want to go so what was it like but what was you ever from a younger age was you surrounded by entrepreneurs or did you ever look at that as a path that was never a sort of thing that you thought thought of um i did gmvq business studies advanced gmvq business studies yeah. which doesn't exist anymore i have a habit of doing courses that stop existing um because <laughs> my my degree doesn't exist anymore either yeah. um and i can't i can't actually remember what i was thinking at the time yeah. i think for me i hate exams i hate sitting down and be and that pressure yeah, 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 of same. having to do i i was diagnosed with adhd last year although i already knew as a kid that i was neurodiverse yeah. and so for me that kind of sitting down and pressure and having to concentrate didn't enjoy it so for me vocational coursework based qualifications like a gmvq were um were well suited to me yeah um, and I can't even remember my thinking. I must have had an interest back then around yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think going back to your point about you know being unemployable, what I've definitely, one of the skills that I have developed is self-awareness and also stop being such an arrogant bleep um, and thinking I know best because if I went to work for a company now and I was in a team where I felt like I couldn't express myself or I thought things would should be a different, done a different way and that team or those people didn't listen to me and have yeah. a conversation yeah. then I wouldn't want to work with them yeah, yeah. and I don't think I've definitely gained a lot of humility certainly over the last few years that mm. I don't know best yeah, yeah. like I have a view and I have an opinion but I might be wrong yeah. and I'm willing most of the time <laughs> to admit that I am um, so it's yeah it's definitely sort of developing over time but I still want to grow and build 
my stuff yeah. and do it my way and put my stamp on it. But I guess at the same time, because we, we talk about employing people and we'll go on to that a bit later about culture and stuff like that. But ultimately, we, you want to employ people that sort of push back a little bit. Uh, similar, I guess, in a way similar to yourself and creating these. But, you know, because if you just employ yes people, you, they're just going to, it is going to be your, and sometimes potentially you employ people who are better than you at your, at your role so that you can oversee stuff and they will push back on stuff and you go okay yeah, yeah. maybe that way is going to be better and I suppose like you say with experience and you know age wisdom whatever that looks like it, it, it comes to you you go okay maybe I don't always know best and be able yeah. to yeah I think I think it comes down for me. It's always about what business do you want to run? How do you want your business to run? Yeah, yeah. And if you want to, if you're if you're someone who is that arrogant and and think you know best all of the time, and you want to employ, there'll be there's lots of people that will be uh, yes people out there yeah, that have that cool. personality type who are happy to just be told what to do all the time. Yeah, sure. Um, if uh, those people won't even get what I'm talking about yeah, because they're yeah, so yeah. arrogant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, there's not that many people on the planet. And, and that doesn't mean that their business isn't going to be successful yeah. at all. I don't think success is around how, personally, there's lots of examples of businesses that are run like that that are massively successful. Yeah, yeah, sure. But for me, it's about what kind of business does Jeremy want to run yeah, and yeah. how does Jeremy see business being done? And it's not that. I love that. Okay, cool. I want to. I just want to talk a little bit about the the birth of Arise and stuff. Like what, what, that, what you started with your with your mum. And was, was it so? You, you you've obviously set up your, your, a separate company as well, and then you've set up this with your mum. What, like you said, was it just a, a thing like you're just going to help your mum out? Did you was you going to get involved with that, or was it just I'll set this up for you and you like you crack on and and. Yeah, it was it was it was intended like that. I mean, my mum is um, my mum is uh, everyone loves my mum. My mum's the most awesome, I believe, human <laughs> yeah. being on the planet, um, and and she's very knowledgeable and she's very skilled at what she does. And there's certain areas of business that she um, she just doesn't have that skill and experience yeah, sure. or that drive to want to understand. I yeah, think yeah. I don't know. You'd need to ask her. Yeah. Um, so there were elements of well technical stuff yeah, like yeah, yeah. she she has no interest or willingness to want to understand how to build a website or how to run a yeah, website. Cool. So I took care of that because that was my skill and expertise. Yeah, yeah. So I was always involved and invested in the business, um, but I don't believe there was any intention. I mean, if you had said ten years later we had our own production facility with like right. loads of staff, I would have. I don't know what I would have said. I, mean, I would have gone how I wouldn't even imagine how we would have got there. But that was never the intention to, okay. to grow it to that so level. Like, yeah, yeah. It it happened, but that wasn't like we didn't sit down and go, "This is the intention." I was going to go off and do my own thing, yeah. and then it all changed. And how did you talk, talk me through a little bit about mm. about it? Because I'm I'm so fascinated by it. Because obviously I'm I'm. Half Greek, one of my passion projects. I'm half Greek Cypriot. Yeah, I'm put, we're putting together our family cookbook. My, oh, me and my nice. mum cook together. Yeah. She yeah. Loves it, blah blah blah. So I'm really, I'm really intrigued. With how it, and yeah, like, yeah, this, it. So yeah, that, yeah, talk me through the. Yeah, so we've always had a passion as a family for food. Yeah, my nan, um, my mum's mum passed away the year before we even contemplated starting the business. Mm -hmm. um, 
and uh, and we always used to love baking um, as kids. Just cake, like cakes mainly, cookie, you know, yeah. the bog standard stuff that, you know, Victoria sponge and coffee and walnut cakes and all that sort of stuff. And my nan used to be a pro at making um, lemon meringue pies and stuff like that. So, and we just love food as a, as a family. And that's how we connected. Mm. Um, when she passed away, my mum used baking as a as, as therapy to deal mm. with her loss, she, to feel connected to her childhood yeah. and, and years. It was something we did together as a family. And and she just started baking and making lots of cakes and you know giving them away to people. And people would come back and go, oh, these are amazing. You should sell these. But there's always that, you know, when, when if you were lucky enough for your your parents to say, you know, to you, um, you're gorgeous, you're so wonderful. Yeah. And you, there's always that, yeah, but you're my mum. Yeah, and the yeah. same with friends. There's this, ed, you know, you yeah, yeah. don't necessarily believe it as much as you would if it came from someone. And we, I got my mum our first job. I was still working for my com- in the company that I left at the yeah. time. And she was making cakes. And I said to her, do you want to make the cakes for our Christmas party? And I asked the office manager and she said, yeah, I'd love to. So I got, she got a first paid job. And someone in the party, you know, people were coming up saying, did you make these? And there was someone in the office who I didn't really get on with very well. And I didn't, we just didn't get on. Yeah. Let's just say it bluntly. <laughs> and they came over and said, oh, these are the best cupcakes I've ever tried. And it was that kind of validation from someone that had no in- reason to say yeah. it to me that made me go, well, maybe we are onto something. And I said to my mum, when I left, do you want me to build your website and see if we can get some business? And she's like, yeah, okay. Great. So we did. And it and it grew from there. It, it you, you could buy six, 12 or 24 cupcakes. Yeah. These were the flavors. It was all very straightforward and basic. We did yeah. weddings. We did, you know, all that sort of stuff. And there was all the information people needed on the website and they could order and all that sort of stuff. And we did that for a few years. And then I guess the next sort of step was... Um, someone contacted us to ask if we could put a logo on their cupcake for a corporate event. And I knew it could be done, but I didn't know how. So we said yes. And then we went and figured out how to do it. Did that. Um, Which makes it sound really simple. We just did that. (laughs) It was more to it than that. But I don't want to bore you with the detail. And then... And then we uh, and then that opened up a whole new market. So now it's corporate events. So then I went and set up a uh, uh, AdWords, AdWords campaign about corporate cupcakes, branded cupcakes, label cupcakes, and then the orders started coming through bigger, wow. more money. Um, started to fulfil those. We were all working at the same time, so all that money went. Most of that money went into the bank account and sat there. Yeah. And then um, and then the next big break. So we started to move out of my parents' kitchen because we had a family friend that had a, a brownie bakery that they weren't using like they'd set up yeah. that they weren't using all the time so we were kind of co-sharing that with them and i just want to preference that like this was years of struggle and hard work you know at the time yeah. like, i remember getting a job for 300 cupcakes that had to be delivered to a open heart surgery conference in tunbridge wells at seven o'clock on a monday morning and my parents went away and i had to make them with my partner and they all had to be different colored icing and i remember we were up till four in the morning i think i cried at one point because i was so stressed but like looking back now that was like oh that was piece of piss really yeah but so you know that so it was it was a it was a struggle because it was all new and when when you're getting sorry to interrupt when when you when you're Going through that process then, and you're and you're starting to be, and you're getting some bigger clients in, like yeah. then for like corporate and stuff. 
is that was that period still from y- y- your your mum's kitchen? Yeah. So you're still doing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So we could bake. I think like what was it, thirty six cupcakes at a time, <laughs> and there were like three hundred. But it was at the time because it was like if I'd have gone back now as me and went back in time to that point, I'd go plan earlier, get started sooner, like think this through because it was all done last minute. I was working somewhere out, you know, it just wasn't managed very well, but. You know, I did the we, best with what You winged it. I winged it, of course. Um, don't, don't we all most of the time? Yeah, we all are <laughs> at the end of the day. And and so that went on for, you know, years. I remember doing another job for 2000 and having to get mates in. And these ones were done by hand. And they took four times as long. And it was wow. just lots of that. So yeah, I just yeah. want to say that because it makes it sound like it was just boom. And then the next Yeah, thing, we sold a couple of cupcakes. Yeah. And, and then we got a production. Or, yeah, there. exactly. And then we set up a factory. And then that was it. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we, and then we, and then uh, Virgin was the next big kind of shift mm-hmm. in our business. Um, when did that come about? Uh, um, what, what year? Like, uh, that would have been like three years in, wow, maybe, okay. maybe three or four years in. I can't remember. We started in like 2009, mm-hmm. and I think it was about 2012. I'm really struggling. Oh, maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Oh, I've got to remember, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I think it was around that time. So we, we, Virgin had found us through our Google ads and contacted us to do a one-off job for a inaugural flight between Manchester and Vegas. And we made these tiny little miniature cupcakes with um, uh, red and blue stars on, and we did them by hand, and they took forever. But we didn't care, because we were like, <gasps> Virgin Atlantic, yeah, like big brand. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've, I have a fascination, as I said in my intro, I'm an aviation, not stand at the end of the runway geek, but not far off. I just love aviation. I love yeah. aircraft. I love planes. I find that whole world just amazing and beautiful um so i've always had a and i love virgin as a brand and i used to fly to the u.s a lot with virgin atlantic and i loved the difference between ba which was very stiff up a little british nothing wrong with that but i love the kind of cheeky tongue-in-cheek so and i and i loved what richard brenton was about and all that sort of stuff so i i was kind of stalking them and so when we got this job it was a really big deal so we did this job and we now had the contact details of the in-flight services team who would manage the food. And then randomly on a Friday night, I remember sitting at home in my flat uh, with a glass of wine watching TV and I was just online and I came across this blog post on one of Virgin's um, blogs and, and it was profiling these two people that worked in what was called brand alliances and their job was to i guess look after brands working with virgin and get them to spend more money and advertise and all that sort of stuff and there was this because they had a really cool job yeah. and they profiled these and i just put a comment on the bottom i've got a screenshot of it somewhere where i just said oh you know we've worked with you before we'd love to work with you again how about um cupcake decorating classes at three three thirty-five thousand feet um and she emailed, and I put my email address, and then she emailed me like three days later wow. and said, do you want to come, short version, come in for a meeting. And I was like, oh my God, like Virgin wants us to come in. So I went, so I made these cupcakes um, with Virgin Atlantic tail fins. I'm still very proud of them. <laughs> uh, they, look, they looked amazing. And I went in 
to the to meet them i always tell this story about i even color matched my socks I had virgin red socks on <laughs> and i bad. showed her in the <laughs> little things little details <laughs> like oh i love how crazy i am sometimes. <laughs> um, and i went in to meet her and i was like oh hi and she was so lovely and i said i'm so excited to be here so that even put virgin branded socks on. i was like pulled my leg my trouser leg up <laughs> she's like loved it we went in had this meeting met with uh, uh in-flight services uh, guy who was dealing with it and he said you know love what you're doing um can you make about five to seven and a half thousand cupcakes a day and i went yeah of course you can have a clue how i was going to do it <laughs> um but i said yes right. and left the meeting and i think it took about i want to say it took about four to six months until we got to the point where they said yes there was kind of backwards and forwards yeah, and sure. um if you're familiar with that this how um uh, aviation food works there's often a logistics company like gate gourmet or yeah. someone that manages that so we had to work with them to develop yeah. the product and they said yes i remember i remember exactly where i've just come off the m25 i was on hands free so i was safe and i got a call from uh, the woman from gate gourmet i think it was and she said virgin want your product i was like wow. okay great put the phone down for my mum we've got virgin i'm getting excited even talking about it <laughs> Uh, it must and then, have been like you, that feeling around that. Oh, we go on, we talk about it, yeah, we go on to other bits and pieces, yeah. and difficulties and stuff, but that, those, those moments of that journey, uh, the business journey in, as a whole, trying to enjoy that and then, then wins, things like little mm. bits like that that come in, it's what makes it worth it. Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. It's um, the highs are why we you know why we yeah, do it yeah, you'd yeah, get sure. a massive hit of dopamine and all those wonderful chemicals um you know and it's great yeah, and it yeah. and it feeds our brain and, we, and it's very exciting it's very enjoyable it's you know and it those moments should be celebrated absolutely um i was there's a moment of yes and then there's like oh fuck yeah. i've now got to go and deliver on this um and yeah we and then we had six weeks to Turn it. <laughs> what, what I love, I listened, I've heard you say a, f a few times actually, and what I love is the fact that the amount of, it seems, the amount of times along that journey, the amount of people have gone, oh, can you do that? Whether it be, can you get 30 cupcakes to us tomorrow, or 300 or 3,000, whatever that looks like. No idea, I'm going to do it, but yes, say yeah. yes. Yes. Learn later, go and. Yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, uh, it's. I've done it a lot, yeah, yeah. and I think probably a lot of entrepreneurs would do the same. Um, I was just hesitating because I, I worry that sometimes you can end up potentially damaging your reputation or your relationship if you say yes and you really do overcommit. Mm. Um, but it's worked for me up until now. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and I've always thought if they're doing it, like I live in a world of possibility. If they're doing it, I can do it. Yeah. That's how I've always looked at it. Uh, if I can't do it, I go and find someone else that can. And that's what we did when we got the contract. We then went and found a even bigger bakery established and they co-manufactured the product for us. Yeah. Or certainly the, the bases. Um, and then we hand finished them, packed them, put them on the van, drove them up to Virgin. But the amount of things we got wrong and the amount of times we failed in those first probably three to six months is monumental i could write wow. an incredibly long list of all the mistakes we made yeah, yeah, yeah. um 
just to give you one example, the labels that we put on the product looked lovely. They were like a watch strap, so they yeah. the cupcake went in a plastic tub with a lid, and then the, it was called a watch strap, so you sort of wrapped it around. Yeah. When we started that in production, it was an absolute nightmare. I had to call the customer up and say, we can't do this for you. Like, we need to change the label. And they were really disappointed. They really loved, that's what the product they'd ordered. Yeah. So it was really difficult to have that conversation. Sure, but I yeah. had to have the conversation because I knew we would not make good. any money. Yeah. So in hindsight, ne when well, the business doesn't exist anymore, we would have tested that first before yeah, we yeah, went yeah, and yeah, committed sure. to the to the customer. So you live and learn at the end of the but day. The, I guess that's the that's the. I guess the beauty as well of you looking back, but the, of of have been on that journey, it's all it is all a learn. Life in uh, in general is a learning curve, isn't it? <laughs> we live, we learn, we you know we fail, we you make mistakes, and and all them things in between. But I'm I'm just see, I'm just a strong believer, similar to you. I just always think that you know life's an opportunity. I'd rather do something and it not work out than not yeah. do it. And I don't always think like that though. That's not the, that's really? not how I think all the time. Like I'd love to sit here and tell you that that is, but yeah. there's lots of opportunities and lots of things that I don't do in life that I I'm fearful of. and I can see it and I'm working through those. But yeah. that fear puts me off. And if you look at um, why when I started the business in 2008 2009, I had nothing to lose because yeah. I because I left a job. I've been given some money to tide me over. I knew I could always go and get a job back in the industry. I still could. I had a conversation with the original, the guy who got me my first job when I moved up to London. Yeah, yeah. I can go back and do an account director's role in a search agency tomorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. easily and earn a decent wage. I know yeah. I can always go and get a job somewhere else, yeah. but I had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and I guess really the, the arrogance that I had when I walked into Virgin was, what have I got to lose? Yeah. I can either say yes or no. If I say no, the opportunity will never present itself. If I say yes and fail, well, then I might as well just stop. Yeah. If I can't get this to work, yeah. I might as well just not bother. So, yeah, I think it's all—it's yeah. about you know what is at stake. Because you say it's interesting in what you say. It's even even though you have started businesses and you run them and you know like I say we will go on to failure and bits and pieces like that look like but you still look at stuff now with opportunity like that there's still that fear of failure that you look at with other opportunities or mm. what's your relationship like that with that yeah I, I don't know if it's about f I think there is an element of failure about risk versus reward and how much time and money am I going to go and invest yeah, yeah, yeah. um it's more about actually it's more about it's more about judgment and it's more about am i capable what am i doing imposter syndrome sort yeah, of stuff because yeah, yeah, yeah. if i if i was really unleashed then i would be doing way more than i would be right now a lot around sort of social justice and dei work and having a voice um and i'm working on that yeah, yeah, and that's sure. where i see myself going but i really see myself i know i know i can get massively stopped um Fear of judgment, fear of definitely fear of failure, yeah, yeah, but yeah. mostly judgment. Really? Yeah, I think we all have it unless we're narcissists. Do, um, do, 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 do you think that? Do you think that comes from a lot from like that with social media, like validation that we sort of partly crave from 
other people and, we're, and obviously social media highlights that so much more doesn't it you know you put a post out and you don't get the likes that you thought you was going to get and then oh, but if you do get loads you go oh God, everyone loves it, it? Yeah. but we're you know I'd be lying if I sat here and said to you I'll put a post out I'll forget about it I don't care if anyone engages <laughs> of course I love I put that post and I, oh look how many you know of course and we get that validation and that's whether that's in a physical form or whether it's from you know, yeah, no, attention. I I, I want to say, first thing I want to say to that is I completely agree. I had it a couple of weeks ago, I got the right strop because I was like, I'll put this post out. Uh, do you know what I do? I'm going to be, this is, you'll know, I mean, people know about me. I'm really honest. I really yeah. don't care about saying some of this stuff. I will go and look at people's posts and I'll look at how many comments they've got and likes. And then I'll go, right, when did they post it? Oh, they posted it a day ago. Oh, mine did better. <laughs> and then I'll sometimes go through the profile and see how many followers they have. Yeah. Oh, that's a percent. I do all that. I don't care saying that. I know yeah. other people do that. Yeah. And then if I get a post that goes through, well, oh, I'm the best human being on the planet. <laughs> Look how good I am. Like that's my ego talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, we've only just properly met today. Yeah. But I remember you po you posted about your running um, yeah. Brighton Marathon the other day. And I just wanted to say, like, I haven't said it to you, but the joy I got from reading your post, your smile on your face, your energy, <laughs> it made my day and it, it, it gave me a little glimpse in the middle of all of this bullshit that's going on in the world right now. It gave me a glimpse of happiness and hope. But I didn't actually communicate that with you. And I no. think we can become... You know, we do. I know myself. I've become quite lazy with, say, lazy. Not in a judgy way, mm. but... Like, I'm really interested in understanding the true meaning of words and lazy just is essentially not making an effort. Yeah. No judgment there. It's just I didn't make the effort to communicate that with you. Yeah. But it made an impact. So I do try and remind myself that I don't know who is being impacted by what I share, but yeah. I know people are. But it's it's easier said than done, isn't it? And, and definitely, like, like you say, there's probably some... like. Like I say, one of the reasons we're sitting here, I guess now, is before I'm reading your post, went out that open, honest post that you put out when you obviously had to close, right? Yeah. Which are, you know, tons of comments, and but you've obviously you that alone, you've created an impact by the business that you've got own and people that have seen that journey and mm. been on it with you and or whatever. But ultimately, people who didn't know you, like myself, for example, who was touched by that and gone like, wow, what an amazing thing to actually put it out there and be as vulnerable as you were on that yeah. that post and say this is it and then and from that as well like I say from that sort of looked at your journey now and where you are and what you're trying to achieve and bits and pieces which is why I was you know I was excited about you coming on and just having this conversation so yeah it's I guess, I guess the, the the key is ultimately but the more stuff that we put out there the, the more authentic and honest it is they're the ones that tend to be yeah popular but but people buy into because your people still buy from people people whatever that looks like yeah and i think I, i'm i'm really tired i'm actually really tired and sick and tired of people running around pretending everything's okay yeah, when it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. the impact on people's mental health my own yeah. and plenty of people i know depression anxiety su you know suicide yeah. you know i've i've known i've had suicidal thoughts yeah. um in the past 
all of this sort of stuff. I'm sick and tired of it. And, mm. and, and I'm sick and tired of people judging other people for being open and honest. And for me, the only way I can do anything about it is to lead yeah. in that moment. Sometimes it's deeply uncomfortable to put myself out there and there may be people listening to this judging me or whatever. But I've just got to that point where I'm past caring. Yeah. If, you, if someone's going to attack me or make me wrong or per attack me personally or judge me or whatever then that that's on them and i'm really i kind of guess armoring up against that yeah. because the people that i care about and care about me would never judge me and i'm going through this process in my life where i'm being very careful about who i you know who i have in my life yeah. and if the if and putting boundaries in place so you're of course going to get um people coming at you on social media when you do put yourself out there and it's not easy mm. I, I can't profess to say it is but if I'm so far removed from someone and they're going to make a nasty comment I just I'm just not interested yeah. excuse uh, language uh, F off yeah, and leave yeah, yeah. me alone and that's not it's really important for me just to say that that's not about making them wrong or judging them or counteracting their aggression with aggression it's mm. just ignore it yeah. and do my best to ignore it we all get triggered we all have our own stuff going on, and I want to try and be compassionate as much as possible to other people. But that's where that's all born out of. Yeah. And so for me to share that I've closed my business, and it's really difficult, mm. it's hard. But at the same time, I, I just I don't have, I don't see any other way because yeah. I want people to people have approached me and said I, I get it, and I'm really struggling right yeah. now. Can we have a conversation? And I've helped them. So I love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, it, it was because I, I remember I remember commenting on it and being because I remember thinking to me that like, I've been there, I've closed the business, it's a yeah. horrible feeling, I, something I don't probably ever want to go back to. It's n but it's not stopped me from doing other businesses or doing other stuff. Um, but I, I, I think the message that you was putting across and the message since then that you tried to put across is aligned so much with our. I think I think the amount we can learn from failures and. And, and and being honest about them and, and changing that narrative. Like, because you're right, there's something. I've, I had a guy, on, a friend of mine, James Dempster, who was on here, he come on uh, episode two, I think it was, when I first started out. And he, he was sort of saying about almost like in the States, they wear sort of like it <laughs> as a badge of honour, like yeah. when, if you've been bankrupt or whatever, whatever that looks like. Not that I'm saying that's necessarily the right way. But I just think that to, because. The, the, in this country, well, you see, oh, they failed. Mm, uh, not a very good business person, or whatever that looks like. And I, that's such a terrible narrative that uh, <laughs> to, to, yeah. to, to, to be, you know. Yeah, I completely agree. And it's and it's the it's the it's the narrative. It's the way it's the way people think. Yeah, yeah. I, I do believe deep down, if I was not, you know, the 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 voice in my or the sort of the, the how it plays out in my head could be. Well, if you were a good business person, then you, your business wouldn't have closed. I actually took the choice to close my business. Like, I could have continued. Mm. I could have found a way. And there's always a way. Yeah. But I chose to close. And that was because of my mental health, my physical health. Um, I, I didn't want to do it anymore. I'd run its course. I got everything I need. Like, all these reasons that are very personal yeah, to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I... if. If people are gonna if if people are gonna judge me for that, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. I don't want to know you actually. Yeah. I don't want you to stay well away from me. If that <laughs> is your attitude in life, just just very politely, just stay away from me. You go and do your thing over there yeah. in your world of judgment and criticism, and I'll be over here with people like yourself having great conversations, 
you know, supporting one another and lifting one each Love each that. other up rather Love than that. pointing fingers and going me 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 me. Love that, brilliant. <laughs> Look, let, let's let, let's. Sorry, I'm no, very mate. This is this is. This. I love this, and this is what uh, this is, this is what I love about the the conversation because you know you have a bit of a structure to the podcast and, and some certain questions you want to ask, but I love it that we just let's Go with roll with it, and yeah. this is what it's yeah. about. But I want to, I do want to talk, talk. Obviously, we're alluding to that that post that you put out there, the time of when you obviously you you announced that after twelve and a half years you had to close it. Just just talk to me a little bit. You said about you know your mindset around that time and you you made the decision mm. to close that but just talk to me a little bit about thoughts feelings mindset everything around around, yeah, that, pit, around sure. that time um yeah so i have to be careful about how i say this because there obviously are people that have been impacted by my decision to close um, at the time, we did have to close quite quickly because we took that decision and, and the way it was. I'm not going to go into the details of the yeah, legalities yeah, sure. and the finances of it. When I say I, I could have continued, it's like there wasn't really much. It didn't feel like there was much choice at that point in mm. time. I could have gone and got investment or whatever, but we I took that decision. The, how it actually happened was it, it started long, long before. Years. Yeah. I think years before, if I'm really honest. Yeah. Um, we'd created this business with no plan. It was a family business. Me and my mum and my dad had built it up out of nothing yeah. into this you know, production facility, employing lots of people, yeah. churning out tons of cake every week. Um, you know, and we had our name on the door. And you went on the website, it was all our family. And, you know, it was us yeah. for 12 and a half, 13 years. It was us. Yeah. I was the cupcake man in Brighton. <laughs> I was the guy who owned the bakery. My mum was, you know, we our identities were intertwined yeah. with the business. And it provided a lot for our family, but it was also a source of frustration, stress, as, as anyone who runs their own business knows yeah. what it can be like. And my dad retired out of the business um, because he had heart surgery. And then my mum retired a few years later. And so for me, I felt this sense of duty to carry this this name on to, to make it work. Although my mum and dad never for one moment ever said that to me. Yeah, it was all sure, in my sure. own head. And, and so I, there were points earlier in down the line probably six years before maybe or five or six years before where i probably should have closed the business but i carried on well actually should i have closed this no actually but there was moments in yeah, lots of moments yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not working why am I, why are we still doing this but we were in a lot of we were saying a lot of debt we were in debt yeah. and to me it was a lot of debt because we'd invested money in um, the retail shop and invested in the business and it hadn't worked out the way we planned. We'd failed, to yeah. use the, the correct term. You know, failure is lack of success and, and success, the true definition is, to achieve an aim or a purpose. Yeah. So we'd not achieved our aim or purpose and we'd failed. Um, and and then, so yeah, so we, so we had debt. I had debt, I had personal liabilities. So yeah. the, they felt like there was no choice to, put, to continue and we did. And we we got the I got the business out of debt and into a cash positive position. And up until COVID, Amazing. the business was flying literally. Like we were going to be doubling. We were doubling our turnover like every year. Wow. You know, our um, revenue. Uh, sorry, our net margin was was industry beating by far. We were doing really well. We were very efficient. We had a team that were extremely happy. Yeah. 
everything was going really well. And then COVID came along and pulled the rug from under our feet. And for me personally, I get that there's lots of people who have been affected in different ways. But for yeah. me personally, this was the thing I was fearing the most. And any business owner, that's your worst fear. Uh, of your business closing outside of your control. And that is what happened. And I spent 18 months, however long it was, um, working incredibly hard to make that business work. Um, plus, I did an MBA at the same time. <laughs> chuck that in <laughs> there. Chuck it in there. Chuck that in there. You know, not in a like, look at me, I'm so amazing. <laughs> but just to like get the level of stress I was under. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, it's all a choice. But I was under an immense amount of stress. You know, I had to let staff members go yeah. who have worked for us incredibly hard. And I got on with really well and really enjoyed working and having to sit down and go, I'm sorry, I can't keep you on. on. You know, we, uh, all of our business was in travel and retail, collapsed overnight. The recovery was slow. It still is. Yeah. And um, and I just got ground down over 18 months and entered into a new relationship. And that was what really highlighted the level of stress I was under because I was sure. an utter asshole at points. I was so stressed out. I was having mental, really severe mental um, health problems, yeah. anxiety, depression, um, panic attacks, you know, the whole lot. And even then, at sometimes, I remember standing in the street going to my partner, I don't want to go to work, I've had enough of this. Mm -hmm. And then getting in the car and driving off to work and being at work, like, exhausted. I had COVID in July. The recovery was really slow from that. I was exhausted yeah. on every level. It sounds very dramatic. Mm. Um, you know, but it does make but me emotional it? thinking about it. Yeah, it was yeah. hard. And, and there's this temptation particularly we talked about before we came on about this culture of the hustle and the grind and the, the la 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 and that is it's just so damaging in my view yeah. because I felt like I kept on had to keep on going yeah. and then yeah and I didn't see it at that point when I was stood in the street having a meltdown that to stop them um, but I've learned a lesson from then to recognise when I'm at that point yeah. enough um, now and then I was walking my dog a few weeks later on Hove Lawns and my partner and my mum were both texting me independently and I was so agitated and so frustrated. And I just was walking along and I just went to myself, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do it anymore. Who said that I had to do this anymore? Yeah. I can stop. Like, I remember when I had a job that I hated when I, in, my, in my early 20s and, and suddenly realising, oh, just go and get another job. And yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, and I gave myself permission in that moment to stop. And I and then for me, I know myself. Once I make a decision, I'm That's like yeah. laser focused. And so I text them both, and I went, "I'm done. I'm closing the business." And it actually makes me emotional thinking about it. Wow, I'm quite tired today. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it makes me emotional thinking about it. And I and I what went. What was their I, reaction? Um, well, my partner, he's never run his own business. He's a train driver. Um, he's an amazing human being. He's very understanding. He's very caring. But he just doesn't get it it's yeah. like and he why would he yeah. and that's no judgment on him yeah. um he just he just doesn't understand so it's hard for him to understand my mum was just fully behind me you know she was like whatever you want you know mum's mums are I want oh, their yeah, kids yeah, to be happy course, yeah, yeah. um and then yeah and just went through that uh, you know again it makes it sound like it was a walk in the park it wasn't and then went through the process of closing the business down you know, just to say that I'd already had conversations with an insolvency practitioner, with my accountant, yeah. um, to go through 
what would need to happen because I was so new to like I've never closed a business before. I didn't know the process. So um, yeah, I had a conversation with an insolvency practitioner and said, "I want to close." Um, and and there was an op- there was an option to sell, but I was like, "I'm done. Like I need I need out now." It's yeah. like you c- you can we can try and find a buyer. It's maybe take a few months, but I had customers and I didn't want to. I just was like, this is not going to work. Yeah, I just can't even, I can't even bring myself to show up anymore and do this. I need to stop now. Um, And and we did, and had to have some very difficult conversations. Everyone was actually incredibly supportive. Our customers got it. Um, Everyone, everyone pretty much got it. Even someone who I'd hired a few weeks early and take them out of a job. They were on a contract. But yeah, I had to have that conversation and say, I'm sorry, but I'm closing the business. And he was upset. Yeah. Thank, you know, he, he calmed down eventually, but have, I hate those conversations. Yeah, no, I think no one, uh, as a business owner, no one wants to have them. They're not, they're not nice conversations to have. No one wants to let peop- other people down. But I guess ultimately a couple of things really. One, like, do, do you look back, like in hindsight, looking back now at, Obviously, when you, you close and look at the journey of raising as a whole, do, do you still mention failures? Yes, blah blah. Do, do you look at that as a failure? Oh, that's a really good question. Like closing the business. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you can ask. You know, we know the world is so divided on opinion <laughs> over everything. So ask ask many people the same question, you'll get a different answer. For me personally. Yes and no. I, I, that's a difficult one to answer. And the reason I say that is, did I want my business to, if I, yeah, it is to a certain extent because the purpose and the aim of my business was to is to continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not. <laughs> so that is a failure. But, but a couple of things, like one, one thing, obviously, like you said, there's certain circumstances completely out of your control. So one thing I, me- I remember what I, I felt at peace with myself when I walked out of mm. the set. Because I'll be honest with you, I, I, run, I run that hair salon for three years. I commuted for two from, on my motorbike from Essex to Brighton, seven days a week. You know, I look back now and think, why did I do that? It was <laughs> but I've done it. And I, I admit, probably 18 months in, was like, this isn't right for me. I, I, I can't carry on doing this. I've got to get out of whatever that looked like. It wasn't going in the right direction. It was such a tough industry to be mm. in. And I'm, but, and, but I did take a bit of time. I took a week out and I come back. I started another part of the business, the Shave Academy, etc. a couple of other bits. But for me, I remember then walking out, when I closed them doors three years in, going, I, with my hand on my heart, I felt that I'd done everything I could to keep that business going up until yeah. that point. And then, so of course it failed because I closed it and I lost money and yeah. financially I was, you know, you know, it wasn't great for us and blah, blah, blah. But so I looked at I look do look at that as a, as a failure, but I still am at peace with it in the sense that I could stand in front of people and go, oh, I've done every, uh, seven days a week, silly amount of hours, and I put my blood, sweat, and tears into trying to make that a success, mm. and it wasn't. But yeah, it's a really good it's a really good point, and I agree completely. Like I put everything into it, yeah. and I think this is what I've noticed since I've closed the business. This is a bit of a concern slash trap for me and I'm still exploring it so I'm not quite clear on what it means and mm. how I'm going to deal with it but what I've noticed is that so now we're you know we're um, sort of early part of 2022 
I'm noticing how one of the reasons I closed the business was I wanted to work differently and I didn't want to continue to work in that way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm now creating a new career for myself where I build a life, uh, a business around my life and not a life around my business. And so part of that is working when I want to, to a certain extent, et cetera, et cetera. And so, oh, I've lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? Sorry. Um, we're sort of saying because one thing obviously I want to touch on there as well like did, did, did you feel with the like you're trying to change your the way of working so you, your work yeah. around your life, but did, did you feel that then because like, I remember feeling at the salon because I had somewhere physical to go like it was a business that I had to be there to open them doors and let people in or whatever it was same with you I guess with the manufacturing side of it did you you're almost beholden to it. You know that you've got to go in and open them thing or you've got to mm. oversee that or make sure someone's in there. I, I, that's a, I, that release and that relief when I could go yes. and go, I haven't got to go and open them doors. Today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I had to travel 30 minutes, 30, 35 to 40, well, it's actually 45 minutes because I dropped my dog off at my parents, yeah. um, <laughs> over to Worthing every day in the car and back again. And that was, you know, every day. I didn't, I didn't work seven days a week most of the time. Um, but yeah, that relief of, oh, I don't have to do that anymore was definitely, was definitely a positive, but what I was, I remember what I was going to say earlier, but it was about, um, that pull to want to work in that way of the old way. And, and I noticed I did this a lot in my career. I thought to myself, if I give it everything Mm. and I put myself over fully to my business, and it doesn't work. I did everything within my power. Mm. And now I question whether or not that was the appropriate way to work. Like, mm. is that that is that a question for everyone who runs their own business? Is that how you want to work? If that is, then great. Yeah. But that is, for me, what, what, what most people deem success, like high revenue, huge company, massive growth, scale, all those words that mm. p- the people in the entrepreneurship world, and we all want to retire at, at, you know, 28 with 150 million pounds in the bank, like Stephen Bartlett, and oh, <laughs> look at him, he's so amazing. He is, don't get me wrong, but that is that is the, what I would say a lot of people see as successful. Yeah. And And you do have to work really hard, and you do have to go all in. But there's also a lot of circumstances outside that when you dig into people's stories, I'm not talking about Stephen necessarily, yeah. but if you dig into people's stories, you start to find out this opportunity, this thing that happened that supported them get to get to where they are. Yeah. It's not as simple as me people make out to be, very rarely in my opinion. Yeah. And so, so my question to myself and other people is, is that what you're really after? And if you are, great, and then, you know, go nuts. Or are you chasing something that you that you feel like you want, but actually when you sit down and think about it, you go, oh, actually, I don't want to work like that because that's not what's important to me. And that's what happened. And that's what's happened to a lot of people in this pandemic. Mm. Oh, actually, my family and my health and my well-being and my experiences are more important to me than having £150 million in the bank. Trust me, if you came along to me tomorrow and said, do you want £5 million? I'd bite your hand off. Yes, I want a bigger house. Yes, I want a nicer car. Yes, I want to go on longer holidays. Yes, I want the... I think for me, money buys, allows us access and freedom to more stuff it doesn't buy you happiness it doesn't make your life better it just allows you to do more whenever you want that freedom in my view 
putting on top of all of that the fact that you know we live in a very privileged society where yeah. we live so having some humility around that but i think for me what happened in that moment and what i need to remind myself more often is i don't i don't actually really that's not what success is for me yeah. success is i didn't come in till 10 o'clock today and i didn't have to answer to anyone yeah. i had to answer to you because i had to come <laughs> meet you but i have that freedom and that for me is what working for yourself buys the not having as much money because it's especially at the beginning of that choice uh i hope that makes sense it makes yeah, sense no, in it, my head it, it really does and i see and it's something i find fancy because this is what i talk about this a lot and i, I find it because ultimately i was i was one of the uh, i'm i'm probably more ambitious now than i ever have been yet for probably slightly different reasons I, I, my, if we'd had this conversation when I'd started the salon at 30 and I started my business journey multi-millionaire yeah. Ferrari yeah. big house that was yeah. my goal I was you know I had, in my head that was I'm going to be this successful businessman who turns over millions and have franchises all over the planet I'm gonna, this is how I'm going to be um, and like I said get, going through that journey that failing and then running the other businesses I have looking at the businesses I was running going these are not going to make me millions. Am I doing the right thing? What? Then getting to near forty, gang. I haven't. I haven't achieved. I'm nowhere near. I'm not financially free. I'm working all the hours, and I'm still. But partly, I do enjoy the businesses I run. So okay, that's good. And what I've done when I was going through my struggles, what I, I changed the definition of success in my head in regards to if I died tomorrow. I looked around and all these people I was surrounded by, I've said it on this podcast a few times, but I was surrounded by lots of people who loved me, who I loved, and I was like, and I've experienced love in different forms. I'm a father, I've got Mm. my brother, he's my best mate, blah, blah, blah. So so for me, that was just like, people would probably go, he's quite a super, look out. That just changed. So, and from then, that got me out of my lull, I think, of where I am. I think this is where, this is why this conversation is so interesting because I think the definition, like you said, the definition around success of what it looks like to people, the narrative is the, I've got to get to that 100 million, want to get to this destination, I'm going to create this thing. But even, you mentioned Stephen Bartlett. He, he, he does mention, I went to his live podcast and he's mentioned a few times, like even in his book he says that he, he promised himself this euphoria moment when he gets his mm. worth 30 million. And he, and he said it was the lowest point I went through a dark time after that because there's not that euphoria moment. Money doesn't buy you no. what you think happiness He's welcome to hand it over to me if it's not making yeah, him happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that thing is that my honest response is, oh, my heart bleeds, Steve. Like, to anyone who says that. And, yeah, yeah. and, and that takes away from the fact that he is still a human being yeah, yeah, and yeah. he still has emotions. There is a little element of me that goes, fuck off, Steve. Yeah. Right, mate? Like, poor <laughs> you. you. got 30 million band in the But it's yeah. a good point. He does make a good point. You know, I do want more. Sam, yeah. I do want more from but, life. Well, of course, well, we all do. Why, why we, if not, why do we go to work or why exactly. do we do these things? If you go, if you just wanted to live in, and you go, oh, I don't need to work 14 hour days like I am potentially yeah. sometimes. I don't need to do that because I want to just go, I'm just, I only need a minimal amount of money to be able to provide something. But I want my kids to have everything they want and I want to be able to provide for them in a, and have nice holidays and have them nice things. And I think people say, with I don't need any. Well, we don't need them, but they're nice things to have, and that's why we do work hard. Hopefully, we can create roles for ourselves that generate enough of that money, but living doing the things that we love doing, yeah. like, like this, for example. Exactly, and it's about having. For me, it's about having. You know, it's the woe of 
um, you know, people that live in the southeast of England and in parts, certain parts of America, I'm going to be really blunt, mostly white, privileged, you know, the privilege yeah, that yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. have yeah. grown up and we can afford to ha be able to have that. And I had to, and it's a balance for me in, in not, using not beating myself up about that and and acknowledging that is part and valid of what my concerns are and whatnot but also having gratitude for what i do have yeah, and yeah. for me it's a balance between the two right now mm. and i'm very grateful for what i have i want more i think that's that's the case for most yeah. human beings but for me it's really important to be able to acknowledge you know what, what there's so much more look at what's going on in the world right now it's, yeah, it's yeah. painful yeah, yeah. what is going on in the world outside of even just what's going on in ukraine it's just it my heart hurts and yeah. and so for me that's why it's important to have these conversations yeah. just go like Absolutely. let's just take a moment and just appreciate what we've got and is this what are you chasing a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and just have a moment because yeah. it's very tempting and very lovely to want to have those yeah, things yeah, or yeah. to get those things. Yeah. But there's an impact. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like that. But um, so we, we talked about, obviously, it's great you've mentioned about what sort of success maybe looks like then for you. But what uh, over the course of the journey, like you said, what, there's some sort of highs, lows, and all, and we've talked about the failure parts of it. But what would you say, like, throughout that career, was the, was the virgin, was that the high, was that something that, like, your greatest achievement would you say like your proudest moment that day that you, that you got that phone call was that the yeah. euphoria moment that you was like oh I've done that oh, I don't know actually I did actually write some notes down about that because I was thinking when you asked me that question um, yes like I wrote down three things Virgin yeah um, because that was the most obvious time yeah, yeah, I remember yeah, yeah, exactly where I was and that elation and, and you what it opened up yeah exactly and and the same when you know and the same when we won um the contract with uh, number one lounges um yeah. we were supplying all their sweet baked goods yeah. and so I remember going into the lounge and our cakes were all out and I remember sitting to the next to this family with my mum in the lounge we were, and there's someone was eating a, a piece of our brownie which we were very well known for and no, no one can have the recipe ever. And um, <laughs> uh, and they said, oh, it's like a little piece of heaven. And we were like, we led over and we went, sorry to interrupt, but we made those. And they were like, oh, that's so amazing. So stuff like that, amazing. that was really amazing. cool. Um, but the, the, the there's plenty of other things that I'm proud of. Proud of uh, completing my MBA um, and, and become, and posting in the top 10% of the class when I wasn't particular, never saw myself as, a, as a, an academic. academic. Yeah. Again, that's not to show off that. I'm proud of that stuff. You should, and you and should people be, should be yeah, able absolutely. to share. Absolutely. You know, if, if you share something that you're proud of and someone else criticizes you, they're just envious and jealous yeah, and they need to do 100%. some internal work to deal with that shit. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. most of the time that's what it's about. Um, but, uh, you know, there's that. And then there's the fact that my parents are retired and they're happy. Um, and that they don't have they're just retired and happy and that that I help them to do that Amazing. and then the other thing which I'm really proud of is closing my business and coming out and talking about it like that's yeah, what I'm proud of um, do I have days where like yesterday was a bad day and I felt like shit about yeah. myself 
today I feel a bit better. Tomorrow I might not. I don't know. I'm still going through that journey, but I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of myself for taking a decision that was incredibly difficult and I didn't want to make and making it. It's, it's not, it's, and, and so you should, and that's a great thing to do because it is, it's, it's, a, it's a brave, it's a brave decision to go because we, you could have, we could have not been sitting here having this conversation. You could have gone, I'm, I'm going to get involved. Oh, I'm just going to keep grinding and keep doing mm. knowing that it's actually not the right thing for you personally. Yeah. The business as a whole, whatever that looks like, but for you personally, on your personal journey, going, I oh, know, right at this minute, this I, I can't do this anymore, mm. and that's a brave thing because there's you, it's such. A, I was the same. There's such that conflict with going. Like, I, I remember we had just moved down here. I had before kids, but, but me and Kate, like, wife's come down here. We've moved away from our family. Only in Essex is not far, but you know, yeah, we've yeah, moved yeah. away. But we've come down here. We're trying to build a life here, and I've got to go. You know what? That money we've invested, we've lost it. We're gonna. I've got to close the business. It oh, was yeah. a, and you're. Co- it's a con- but I know for me, this is the right thing to do. I'm yeah. gonna come out of it the other side, and and the resilience that, and the same that like you, it's great to see. Like you said, and I love the how open and honest you are, especially on here, but also like on social that you you open it and saying that openly that you're you're still on this journey. Like it's not. Yeah. I've I've closed that business now. I'm into this now, and I've completely figured everything out. But you're. It's not. You're like I'm on this journey of discovery, whatever that looks like for you personally. And I, I think yeah. that's. A, it's a really brave, amazing thing to, Thank to you. do. So. Yeah, it goes back to what we were saying earlier about this this um, this beef I have with people, and I, and it's not a criticism of people because I'm really big on mental health. Yeah, it's not a criticism of people, and I understand why people do it. But yeah. I'm here to say, like, I really want us to encourage people to have conversations because I know that we're all walking around dealing with something. Yeah. We might be going through a really great period in our lives where our business is flying and we're we're achieving success mm. based on what we are set out to do, but that doesn't last forever. Yeah, yeah. And there will be a time that will come when you are struggling. And um, and I'm not that sort of person that can sit around and go, yeah, everything's fine. I'm doing great, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Close my business. I'm on to my new life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> like I'm, yeah. I'm only four months since I closed. It's yeah. still really challenging, yeah. and I'm still on that journey. And um, I know I'll get through it, but we'll see. It's Mate, been it's been nice. an interesting one so far. It's amazing. It's amazing. Look, we cu- there's a couple of bits obviously uh, that I always ask in the podcast. One, um, which I'm intrigued to find out a little bit about with you around culture. Yes. Um, so, like, obviously, as a family-run business, and I mean, how many staff at the height? How many staff did you have, and what what did that look like, and and what was the culture like that you created there? That, uh, yeah, we had um, we had uh, we had about ten staff at the height. Um, we were we were highly efficient. Um, like I remember sitting down with someone who had a similar turnover on a business, and they had like three times the amount of staff. I was yeah. like, wow, okay. <laughs> we were very efficient. We had a great team. Uh, but the cult, like the culture, and and what what that was like um, on our website before we we had a new one done. I remember I haven't got the text anymore because it doesn't exist. It's been closed. But yeah. um, we talked about family. There's there's family by blood and there's family by affinity. Like who, who you know there's there's people within my community, the LGBTQ plus community, who are disowned by their parents or their family around their you know their sexuality or their gender identity, and they're disowned. 
and they have to go out and create family for themselves. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, it's not exclusive to that community. There's lots of people that do. So that family by affinity, the people that you have values, that you share values. We talk a lot in business about having a team that share your values. And for me, family was very much around, I wanted, and they think this comes back to how I talk in public. I would always say to my team, um, I have an open door policy and I want you to be able to share anything with me. Yeah. Now that provide that requires a lot of unlearning yeah. around it all um, because people have grown up in businesses and worked in businesses where that is not the way. So people are skeptical, but over time it did start to work. And I would say, I want you to share anything with me. Nothing's off the table yeah. and we'll deal with it. And what that enabled people to do was come in to work and feel safe and feel like if they're having a bad day, that they can say, I'd much rather someone come in through the door and go, I'm really struggling today. I don't yeah. know what to do. And we have a conversation. Yeah. If we can, what do you need? Do you need to go home? Do yeah. you, da, da, da. Um, but at least they feel like they can talk about it and nothing's off the table. It enabled me, when things went wrong on a production level, like something went wrong and there was a customer complaint, what it enabled me to do was have a conversation with my team where they would be honest and go, I couldn't be bothered. And I'd go, okay, cool. We're all human. Like, yeah. particularly if you're working in a factory, sometimes you just can't be asked. Yeah. I'd much rather you go, I can't be asked. And I'd go, okay, cool. Because sometimes I can't be asked. Yeah. So, and then we have a conversation, okay, well, what's going on? And then we're able to deal with it in a much more effective way. But at the same time, you do need to draw a line somewhere because you do need yeah. to sometimes put your foot down and go, actually, this isn't okay and it doesn't work and this yeah. isn't acceptable. So it's having a conversation around what yeah. the boundaries are, where yeah, the sure. agreements are. And, I, and I, you know, I, I would say that it worked very effectively. Yeah. Hopefully they would all say the same. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're fallible humans. I know that sometimes we would have breakdowns and working in a small team, it would be a bit more fraught. Um, and I know there was lots of things I didn't do the way I'd like to in hindsight. Um, but that was what, that was what I loved about running my own business. I mean, I um, I do have my another business, but it's just me at the moment. Yeah. Was I, as I said earlier, was getting me me doing Jeremy's business Jeremy's way. Yeah. Like this is what I see is doesn't work in the world, particularly around culture, being a gay man, and not feeling like I fit in or I'm excluded on some levels, which was all through my career, um, and creating an environment where that isn't the case. Yeah. Um, and that's and that was when I had a crisis of confidence around why am I doing my business a few years ago, maybe four years ago. Uh, everyone was like, "Oh, you bake cakes, it must be so exciting." I'm like, "Actually, we're a manufacturing facility. It's not all like fucking sunshine and lollipops and <laughs> yeah. you know Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory <laughs> skipping through all day. Like it doesn't work like that. <laughs> we're making stuff, lots of stuff." Yeah. And I was like, "What am I doing?" I had a moment. And I, and I did a lot of soul searching and lots of conversations with people. And that was where I went, oh, I get to create a business that is, has, uh, makes a difference in the world, has an impact, a positive yeah. impact. People love to come into work. Yeah. Uh, we get to donate money to charity and do this and do that. And that was what got me excited. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I love, run, run, love running businesses right. for that culture yeah. creation, I guess. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I, and I guess that, that filters through by you starting it with your, with your mum. 
and your mum and dad and you're there and everyone and people then come into that and see that that family bond and you can tell you talking about your parents how close you are and that, which is love but you, you've got that that family bond and then that just filters through because it's a family bond it's well from that or not i have to be honest sam me and my dad used to fight. Like really? you wouldn't believe. Really? No, I'm not going to lie and say that it was all, you know, all was all great. Not at all. Like yeah. me and my dad used to butt heads so many times, have so many disagreements, and yeah. sometimes that did spill over into, you know, into the with the team they would know about it. Yeah. Um, and me and my mum used to sometimes as well. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it was all great, but but the that family, I you know coming back to support one each other that commitment to each other to that yeah. love for each other and and i think that's in terms of team members it's that mm. commitment yeah. it's coming back to that commitment for your people yeah. that um that you whatever that looks like for you but it for me it was about a kind of unconditional support yeah. um and guidance and and having creating a safe space that people love to come to work yeah. Um, that that's what I'd come come back to, but remembering we're all humans yeah. at the end of the day. Love that. Okay, cool. Right, and then the other other thing that I always talk about, and this is a lot of and obviously I guess leading into the mental health side of it, and what you know we've just talked about a little bit, but work life balance. Yeah. Like you're saying now that you're creating, you want to create this position for yourself, a business that that fits into a lifestyle. Did you then? How was work-life balance over the last sort of thirteen years of running my? How did you did you manage to get a work-life balance? Was it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I believe I did. I did and I didn't. It depended on what was going on. Um, it's interesting you ask that question because I always used to go because I used to particularly towards the end be quite strict about when I wouldn't wouldn't work. Yeah. I always left me with the question: if I'd worked harder with my business, it succeeded. I don't think that is true, but mm. it was something that kept me working hard, harder or longer, not smarter. Mm. Um, but now, yeah, if now work-life balance is, is really important. Mm. And that, for me, the only way I can describe the best way of doing that for me is boundaries, yeah. putting boundaries in place and saying no, learning to say no and dealing with the... Uh, the pushback that you will get when you say no and yeah. you put a boundary in place for someone it's not comfortable um, something I struggle with a do lot do you really yeah. I, str I struggle to say no a lot yeah. I, I, it's, there's, there's, I'm conflicted with two things for me so one because I look at life as an opportunity when opportunities present themselves I'm like oh that's good I've got I can do that no I haven't got the time to do that but I really want to do that, so I'm going to do it. So, mm. and again, back to I guess the thing of running your own business, being your own boss. You go, well, I've my choice to do that. But then, if that means then I've got to work 14 hours to make that happen, that's probably not good for my mental health. Not good because I'm not spending time with the kids, which I love doing. Seeing yeah. them. So that you, you sort of always there's a part of me that's conflict, but it's, that's something I'm trying to learn a lot more. That's why I always ask the question because I I struggle with it. Work-life balance, I really struggle with. I, I've tried to put boundaries in place and say to myself, right, we talked about offline earlier, didn't I? I'm getting up at five o'clock because I'm trying to do a couple of hours before the kids. But then that enables me to go to bed with my wife at night as opposed yeah. to me staying up till two o'clock in the morning. I, uh, what's right or wrong? I don't know. I'm just trying to find a path. I guess. Yeah, and I don't think this is the thing, again, for me, like my view on it is there is no right or wrong. Hmm. At, the end of the, at the end of our lives, um, we you know we have to be comfortable with the decisions we made mm. and for me right and wrong is a moral judgment and 
again, you can go and ask people, is this the right decision? Is this the wrong decision? You're going to get different views. Yeah, 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 if yeah, I had yeah. gone and asked lots of people when I closed my business, what should I do? I did. Yeah. I talked it through with trusted people. Yeah, yeah. I got lots of, actually, I got a lot of the same responses, which was just close the business if you're not happy. But had I have gone out to more people, I would have got different responses. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I say it in the article I wrote for uh, um, Sussex Business Times, um, is that I have to make you have to be comfortable with the choice at the end of the day yeah. and reconcile that for yourself and your our brains are naturally wired to want to weigh up judge assess mm. did I do the right thing like that's the most important part of any failure is learning from new mistakes yeah, yeah, but for me I have to work really hard to not entertain the thoughts of regret around me closing my business it's done now yeah. like let it go and and look at what I could have done differently. I, that's the promise I made to myself now is what are the behaviors and habits that didn't work for me or didn't work for yeah. the success of my business and what do I need to do to change them? And that's what I go, I'm going to work on now. Yeah. But for me, there's, there, there, there's no right or wrong decision. It's just a decision you make. At that time. At yeah. that time. And then just let it go. Yeah. Um, you know, this whole idea of like, you know, for you waking up at 5 a.m. to like, if that works for you, then great. And I get like wanting to shift behavior and try new things. Yeah. Fantastic. But me getting up at 5 a.m. at the moment, absolutely not. I don't <laughs> set an alarm. Unless I've got to get up, I don't set an alarm. Um, nice. And that's my choice right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, nice. I don't have dependence. I have a dog. Yeah. Um, uh, so I'm not as, I don't have dependence. So I get that it's different for parents. And I, yeah. I always well, go. Like, I want to get up at 5 no, or not, I'm no, going to no. get up <laughs> at about well, half six anyway. Yeah, but I have, do have, I do have huge respect, huge respect for parents that run, particularly run their own businesses. Mm. Massive respect. Um, but for me, it's, yeah, at the moment, that doesn't work for me. So I'm just going to do it. And I've got a lot, I've got a few friends in my life who are, who are very much into that world of I'll d like really strictly like I'll do what I want when I want, yeah. and uh, and so I'm sort of leaning towards that at the moment. Um, but we'll see. You know, life is a journey and things change, and yeah. I might be different in six months' time. I might be coming in going, oh, I'm going to get up at five, work until two, yeah. and yeah. so tired. <laughs> Slap me around the face, Slap please. Yeah. <laughs> but that's it. I think, like you said, it's lear learning. Not the the. the Looking back, like you said, I hundred percent agree with you. Looking back at, at your journey, and especially with raising and what money for thirteen, if you can detach yourself away from, like you said, looking back at regret, definitely not. But gut being able to go, I run a successful business for thirteen years. Had it not been for the pandemic, maybe you'd have still been doing it, quite possibly. But those circumstances happen for whatever reason. It may be now that that's just happened for whatever reason has put you on a different journey, which yeah. it has done. And you, and and you're, but you learn from those things, like you said, for, from running that business. Going, I don't actually want to run a business necessarily now that looks like that. I want to run a business that looks like this because I want to lie in until ten yeah. o'clock if I want to, and I want to get up and run, do X, Y, and Z, do the things I enjoy doing. Hence, like, like we spoke of long before, doing this, I absolutely love it. It's yeah. just having a having a chat and doing a podcast is one of the things out of all the different bits I do is probably up there with the, my favourite thing. So yeah. this isn't work. Me coming yeah. in and having a chat with you today, I'm buzzing about yeah. it, not thinking, oh, I've got to get up early and get ready for the podcast. Yeah. No, I can't wait for it. You know? And there's going to be someone listening to this right now going, oh, no, 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 judge, 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 judge. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, okay, well, that's your... For me, it's, it's that kind of... It's that it's that 
acceptance that this is my life, this is my choice. I'm not in. I'm not affecting anyone. Uh, how if I want to get up a bit later, then that is my decision. At the end of the day, mm. um, who who is someone else to judge? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that will change. Yeah, that yeah, will yeah. change. Like six months, as I say, six months down the line, it, it's very likely going to be different. But for now, and that was the other thing I just wanted to say. The two things which I find most useful for me at the moment. But you know, with closing my business and going through this massive shift in identity and career and everything, yeah. plus on top of that, the weight of the world at the moment, which is really affecting me, and I know it's affecting a lot of people with everything that's going on. First of all, is talk about it. The value I get, what I noticed over the past couple of days was this mental health spiral, and I realised I'm not talking to people and sharing what I'm dealing with, mm. like my close friends, and saying. I'm really struggling at the moment. My, mm. I am really struggling today with my mental health, but I'm speaking to other people about it and going, and then, they, and then they're not going to fix it, but they go, yeah, I get it. Oh, me too. Oh, I feel a bit better. And then the second thing is just being kind and gentle to myself and just being like, and that for me, why I don't set an alarm at the moment. I just closed my business of 13 years. Like, yeah, give me a break, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. That was Love where that, I got that. to at that point. Like, just... That's so self-aware, though, as well. Like that's the that's the great thing. I think it's coming, like you said, everything we learn from them things. You've come out of it, not gone. Come out of it. Oh, I've got to get straight into running a business. That I'm, you know, there's got to be turning over X amount. But you're just going. I'm just self-aware around what I need right now for my mental health and what I need for. I've I've done for 13 years getting up at a certain time to make sure I'm there doing X, Y, and Z. To now go. I'm not going to do that and have that very self-awareness is great. <laughs> I'm laughing because because it's, you're absolutely right, but I'm laughing at myself because the only reason I think like that is because I've got an army of people around me who love and care for me that I'm honest with that go, Jeremy, stop. You've just closed a business of 13 years. Give yourself a break. Like I've learned that the heart, like yeah, it, yeah, some yeah, days sure, I have sure, to sure. be reminded, but I've also spent the last, I think it's six years in this very deep self-development journey around doing lots of throwing myself into that world of this mm. self-development world of Brené Brown and Landmark and Tony Rob, you know, all that kind of world. Yeah, yeah. And I love it, yeah, and, but yeah. it's made me super self-aware and there's and there's a weight that comes with that because sometimes I just think, I thought this yesterday, I thought, oh, I just wish I was more ignorant to the world. <laughs> but at the same time, it allows me to, to be self-reflective and, and to have these kinds of conversations without right. judging myself too much. So, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, look, as we're coming to just towards the end now, I want to talk. Just tell me, let's tell the listeners what what, what does the future hold for for Jeremy Jacobs? Oh, good question. I don't know now. I do know the answer, sort of. I'm still figuring it out, if I'm honest. Um, I know how I want to work. Um, I've launched. I'm launching a podcast. Collaborate, collaboration, not competition. Absolutely, absolutely. Make sure you listen to both of our podcasts. Of course, of course. Which will be launched next week. Um, well, I say next week, but whenever this podcast, I don't know when this podcast going out. It's looting launched on the seventh of March, awesome. um, and it's called. Can I promote it very briefly? Of course, Thank you, you can. Very much. It's called it. How Not to Run a Business, and it's normalising the conversations. You can probably tell by what I've been saying today yeah. around failure and mental health and what it takes to run a business and understanding what it takes to be successful and when I say successful like our version of success through the failures of other people so what have we learned yeah. from other people's failures and just having a chat really like yeah, this yeah, yeah. Love it. and having love a conversation it. so that's that's being launched next week 
Um, and then I'm I've developed my own. I'm gonna I'm doing some consultancy work, coaching, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, with businesses because I have all of this experience and yeah. I have an MBA. Um, and I've just been told that I'm going to be the entrepreneur in residence for the Sussex MBA program, which is oh, really mate, cool, exclusive, Sam, because no one else knows about that. I yet. love that. I love um, that. And and then and then it's to build something this year. So build a new business. Um, within the DEI space, so diversity, equity, inclusion space, yeah. definitely I'm working on a project around authenticity in the workplace for the LGBTQ plus community. So despite all of this amazing work that's happened around um, around that, you know, that arena, people still, because that's what I did my dissertation on, yeah. people within my that community, my community, still cannot feel like they cannot show up to work fully authentic and that bugs the shit out of me yeah, yeah, yeah. it really makes me upset actually yeah sure sure because <laughs> i have a right to exist and i have a right to uh, live yeah, my life absolutely. how i how i choose so i'm working on a project around that um and and just helping people really helping people to have a happier existence and a less stressful existence so right. come back to me in a year and hopefully I'll tell you some amazing stuff I've been we, up to. <laughs> well, we'll put that in the diary for, for a <laughs> yeah. year's t- 12 Catch months' time yeah, of, the, exactly. uh, of the second episode. Mate, f- fantastic. And I, look, I wish you every... I can't wait to listen to the podcast. I'm sure, look, just having the conversations today. And like I say, following your your journey over the last few months and your openness and honesty as you have been on here is, is amazing, mate. And keep doing it because I know look, it helped me I know it's going to help lots of other people listening and, and people following your journey. So, mate, and I wish you, I wish you all the success with that. Oh, so. thank you so well. Thank you so much for having me on, oh, um, and uh, and for what you do actually, um, because you're an awesome human with a with amazing energy. So oh, we need more. Kind. We need more more of you in the world, in my opinion. Mate, that's very kind. <laughs> and look, we're going to wrap up a couple yes. of little last little bits. So, um, quick fire question: One piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self? What would I say to my 18 to myself? It would be, I'm thinking on the fly because I haven't thought about this, but I know the answer. It would be, um, you are entitled, I would say to myself, you are entitled to your view and your opinion and your way of doing life for yourself. And other people are going to tell you that that's wrong or you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. But you're going to learn that it's okay and 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 be self-expressed be yourself um yeah that that was that was what i encouraged myself to be because it's taken me 41 years to get to that point honestly amazing i think that's amazing i love that i love that well, the other bit I do, and I've, I've stolen this from Stephen Bartley. This is something he does. So we, we, I thought you did. I was like, yeah, I've no, had that. I've no, good, this, good, 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 good. So it's great. I, I really like this. I yeah. love this idea. And it works really well. So my previous guest has left a question, um, and this is for you. So um, I believe philanthropy should have a seat in every boardroom in every business. How do you promote a positive culture of philanthropy in your business, and how do you harness it to maximise positive effect? Um, oh, that's a deep I know, question. I, was gonna, I know. When he, when he wrote it down, he died. I was like, wow, okay. So, yeah, I I mean, it's difficult for me to say because I'm, I'm, I'm me, yeah, yeah. I'm my business. business. Yeah, 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 sure. But, you know, I, I believe we all have a duty in life to, uh, to give back and to be of service of others. Yeah. Um, this, this incredibly selfish 
wealth creation and land grab of resources and things is just I mean it's happening in the world right now and it's mm. abhorrent and it's not okay there's lots of people out there with great wealth that are doing amazing things with with the wealth that yeah, they've yeah, created sure, sure. Bill Gates and you know all this yeah. sort of people like that so I think for me whatever level you're at and when I yeah whatever stage let's say rather than level because I don't like that hierarchy whatever stage of life you're at you will have been through an experience or something that's been challenging that someone else is going through and I feel like we all have a duty to support one another to go through that that's what I do I'm, I'm I do a lot of work with local the local college um, I'm doing it with the MBA I've done it with lots of accelerator programs and charities and things is I go and talk to people about my journey and my struggles this is this is what I'm doing today sharing my journey sharing my story and I say to anyone if you ever want to speak to someone like I'm not one of these people that's like oh yeah speak to me like I say free because I do charge my time but if you're really struggling with something and you think I can help message me Mm. and have a conversation with me because I'd much rather someone reaches out to me and I help them than than then them stay silent and 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 struggle yeah. or whatever and i think that that should be part of every business's culture yeah. um there needs to be a social element in my view to every business whether or not they're a social enterprise or not there needs to be an element of giving back because we have a duty your business our businesses are created on an infrastructure that was paid for by everyone else yeah. and this and so i feel like we have a duty to give back I don't know if that answered your question. It does, uh, mate. Brilliant. Hooray. Brilliant. Listen, I, I, I was like I said earlier, I've sort of followed your journey over the last few months and, and seen your posts. And, and I, like I say, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. My it's pleasure. Been, um, it's been an absolutely brilliant conversation, as I knew it would be. Can't wait to share the episode. Mate, absolute ledge. This is a wrap. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs>